True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Shrouds and rock and roll. Today's episode is gonna be a fun one. Oh yeah, and shit, lots of shit, a lot of shit. Enjoy. Of the guy. Welcome to True Crime Girl. No. <laughs> that is how we're starting. I'll edit it so we do. Please do. <laughs> I apologize. I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't. Welcome, everybody. Yeah. And welcome back, if this is not your first episode. Mm-hmm. We are True Crime Girls. Mm-hmm. I think we got all our bullshit done. Huh? We shouldn't have too much to... No. Bullshit. Like, top bullshit. No, yeah. I mean, you know I mean, and I didn't even record that, so... Oh. You recorded the burp, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I stopped it, and then... <laughs> <laughs> who are we i'm kylie <laughs> i'm janine i'm confused <laughs> are you still eating the chocolate i'm eating everything oh closer to your mouth okay i know it's been a while since you've had any, anything cylindrical towards your mouth but just for the sake of recording <laughs> jesus christ Kylie has been eating non-stop <laughs> since she got to my house Three hours ago now. Fuck you. I'm just saying, I'm proud of you. Why? Life goals. I'm a fucking torta and I eat everything in sight. <laughs> You're living your life. You're living your best life. Living the dream. I smell like Stop putting beef. food in front of my face. <laughs> Where's that from? <laughs> the little girl. The little girl. <laughs> What's her name, Ryan? Uh, <laughs> Charlene. <laughs> Is that oh, her name? Oh, yes. I oh, love she's, her. She, you're winning. Yeah. You're winning at live. My fucking spirit animal. I love her. <laughs> like, I like oh, Halloween because it's dark I have soul. to vacuum my room. Uh, I got to go. <laughs> she's like in the middle of like, it's supposed to be like she's in the middle of a date or like an important conversation and they come up with something that she's not like feeling and then she's like, oh, I forgot. I have to go vacuum my room. That's like you, Eileen, when yeah. you flake on plans. You're like, oh, you know what? I can't go to dinner. I forgot I have to vacuum my room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I can't show up to your house because I have a fever of 103. That was one time. (laughs) The rest of the times you were vacuuming your room. No, it wasn't. I don't vacuum. You just clean. Yes. She cleans. I clean. Apparently a lot. Without vacuuming. I don't vacuum. The kid does. (laughs) Hate to vacuum. Have one of the kids do it. Yeah. Give them a dollar. Right. Give them five. What's the going rate? What's the going rate in these my house? A lot of fucking money. Those kids are spoiled. The mm. kid gets $10 a week for taking out the trash, putting the trash cans in and out on trash day, and vacuuming and doing whatever the fuck else I want him to do. Except for when you ask him to go move a cone in the street and he says no. <gasps> yeah. Well, that's not in the 
list of duties. Does but, he have a contract? Um, yeah. You should make him sign a contract in blood. Well, yeah, we do have that. Okay. So. I'm so excited about this episode. I know you are. This is my episode. What is today's episode even? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I know. Literally the cornerstone of life. I know. So I was in high school and there was this teacher and I said something about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. She's like, "Mm, maybe not the rock and roll. And I didn't get that until like a week later. And I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) She's cool. (laughs) What the fuck is she into? All right. So now. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I was born for this episode. (laughs) After this, I can quit. Like I'm done. It was Maybelline. So I'm going first because she asked to. I didn't like this episode. Mm, You chose it. I know I, I did. What? No, you chose, I chose it. it. Oh. She wanted to do her story. And That's I thought stupid. I was going to have a really easy time with it. And I didn't. Um, I'm surprised that you did it. Especially. Okay. So originally it started off just rock and roll. We were yeah. like rock and roll. And then yeah. we were like, we'll broaden it to like sex, drugs and rock and roll yeah. just to like appease our brains. And yeah. I thought that was going to be fine for you. Well, because then I start. I wanted to do like. Because, okay, so I want to do all girl stories, right? Right. But the women that I would have been talking about, I, like, respect and I love them. And I just didn't want to, I don't think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'd be talking shit and I didn't want to do that. That's what we do literally all day. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) When the microphones are off. (laughs) Are they, though? Okay. (laughs) I'm collecting everything. The first time a lot of people heard this phrase, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, was in a 1977 song by Ian Drury and the Blockheads called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Stop. That's so innovative. (laughs) The first known use of the phrase can be found in a 1969 article in Life magazine, and it says, quote, the counterculture has its sacraments in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's all it said. (laughs) Then... So that was in 69, and then in 71, a British magazine called The Spectator wrote, Not for nothing is the youth culture characterized by sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was in 71, and then in 77, the song came out, and then it's just like, it's a fucking lifestyle. Mm. And Mm. Mm. do you have that in your thing? Mm Mm-mm. But the date range is interesting. Okay. Uh, So... The sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle, I don't think... It's even with, like, smaller bands, like, on oh, smaller yeah. scales. So, just imagine, like, when you have everything at your fucking fingertips. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much more room for activities. <laughs> so... <laughs> so much like, more room to ruin your life. Yeah, so much more. So, like I stated, I've been, I think, successfully done all-girl stories up until now, except for Adam Walsh. And Heaven's Gate, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, there were women in Heaven's Gate. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were women in Heaven's Gate. Yeah, but there wasn't like. Well, yeah. Okay. We'll count of, that as women. Because of Bonnie, mm-hmm. Bakley, Bonnie. <laughs> I wanted to do that. <laughs> I thought about I almost it too. did that for Hollywood. Um, so okay, so then like for Adam Walsh, but uh, this one was tough. It's a male-dominated world, and there just wasn't anything that, like, stood out where I could, like, do it other than St. Amy Winehouse, but 
I didn't want to do that. Courtney Love. She didn't want to do that I either. I didn't want to do Courtney. We already Love. talked about that. Mm-hmm. We talked about it at, when mm-hmm. we had breakfast over it. Mm-hmm. When we came up with the season. I don't remember that. Because okay, so I was like, oh, you could do I Courtney know. Love. And she's like, no. Yeah. I didn't want to do can't. that. I um, can't. So I decided to do, so I have three stories. And two of them are short. One of them is longer. And I'll start with the worst one. Oh, okay. So uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy. Maybe Kyle has, but I haven't. Ian Watkins. Sounds familiar. Lost Profits. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay so I actually came across a story when I was looking for mine and I didn't want to do it because it was a lot. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, it's yes. bad. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so Ian Watkins, whose birth name is Merther Tidful. This is why. The, you know this what? This is why we can't have nice things. Murthy Titty? It's, M-E- <laughs> it's M-E-R-T-H-Y-R. Merther. Where was he born? Welsh. He's Welsh. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't born in Welsh. He is Welsh. Uh, whose birth name is Merthyr Tiftel. Tidful. Hey. It doesn't matter. Titties. <laughs> uh, was born in July of 1977. He's a Welsh musician and lead singer of a band called Lost Prophets that was formed in 1997. I'd never heard of them. You clearly <gasps> have. I'd never heard of them. Who are you? Maybe I've heard like songs, but I you don't definitely know like, have. who it is. It's fine. Um... So in late 2012, Watkins was charged with sexual offenses. And in 2013, following these charges, uh, Lost Profits disbanded after 16 years together. In November of that same year, 2013, Watkins pled guilty to 13 charges, including attempted rape and sexual assault, a sexual assault of a child under 13. The child in question was... Mm -hmm. One, <gasps> one, mm-hmm. one year, one mm-hmm. year old. It's just, mm-hmm. let's just sit on that one for a, just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Attempted rape of a one year old. Kyle's mm-hmm. turning into me, barely paying attention. <laughs> no, I'm looking up Lost Prophet songs. Like yeah. it's involved. Um. So there was. I thought there was. This was kind of cool. Not given the circumstances, just in general. <laughs> this is not cool uh, at all. <laughs> so there was a South Wales police investigation into all this shit going on and it was like almost like a task force and they named it operation globe it reminded me of like mk ultra like they gave it a name anyway (laughs) thought it was a tidbit fun tidbit tit like a tit like a tit like his like his last name like a bit of a tit (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 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 once he was sentenced the judge said the case plunged into new depths of depravity. Is it depravity or depravity? Depravity. depravity. Uh, one of the senior investigating officers of the case described Watkins as, quote, a committed and organized pedophile and potentially the most dangerous offender I'd ever seen. <sighs> Ooh, I just got chills. So the charges. In 2012, Watkins was charged with conspiracy to engage in a sexual act with a one-year-old girl. And... Uh, uh! Charged with possession and or distribution of indecent images of children and quote unquote extreme animal pornography. Watkins. No, you can't do one year olds and animals. I'm done. Watkins (laughs) pled guilty to attempted rape and sexual assault. Why can't why do I keep saying sexual of assault? assault? Am I fucking dumb? Yes. Yeah. Sexual (laughs) assault of a child under 13. But he did not plead guilty to rape just attempted rape. Oh, he wanted okay. to make sure that you you knew he just attempted it. Yeah, he didn't succeed. He didn't actually do it. So <laughs> totally different world. No, it's not, sir. <laughs> he pled 
uh, guilty to three counts of sexual assault involving children, six counts involving taking, making, or possessing indecent images of children, and one count of possessing an extreme pornographic image involving a sex act on an animal. Now, I have a lot of questions about this. What animal... It says involving sex act on an animal. Is it you doing it? Is it is it like peanut butter on you your dick? taking a picture of somebody else? Like was that person consenting to is that? Is it Kinky Kelly? Huh? Who the fuck is Kinky Kelly? Why? You always have these stories <laughs> on clerks too. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Kinky Kelly and the sexy stud. Yeah. And you think it's a girl blowing a donkey? That's a guy fucking the donkey. Stop. I can't. I forgot about that. You're welcome. This this is Kinky Kelly. Oh shit. Oh man. That was good. Um. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying. (laughs) So, Watkins. The, okay, so the victims included a baby girl, which was that one-year-old, oh. and a baby boy. No. And he sent a text to the mother of another child saying, quote, if you belong to me, so does your baby. <gasps> I think the fuck not. I don't. <laughs> I think the fuck not. I, and I saw him. I get it. He's good looking, but no. No. And... In 2017, clearly not learning from his fucking past, he was accused of grooming a young mother from prison. No. For another fucking child. No. Watkins was sentenced to 29 years, followed by six years of supervised release, which I'm assuming is parole. Additionally, two mothers of his two victims were charged and sentenced to 14 and 17 years, respectively. They were only named as woman A and woman B and... Because his acts weren't bad enough, they were sentenced because they were basically consenting right. to it. Right, they're like, yeah, take yeah. my kid, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I... <sighs> so that one was short and sweet, very fun Musicians story. are just... Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <clears throat> that was so bad. Fuck. I was reading it, and my mouth... I forgot about it. I, 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 I know about it, and now that, you're, now yeah. that you're reminded, I'm sure that's why I... I blocked it out of my mm-hmm. mind. Um, Why? It's such a fun story. It's so great. I talk about it over tea. <laughs> tea and crumpets. I was um, just going to say that. So the next story, if anybody thought we were going to leave the Museum of Death in season one. Fuck no. Think again. So if you've been to the Museum of Death, uh, you know the last, well, like Eileen just reminded me. So if you were to go now, when you're walking into the last room, it's like, um, what would you call that? Like a viewing room? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like uh, you're viewing like a funeral. And they're playing videos of like faces of death. So you can basically like hang out there and, and like as long as and you want. And cry. Watch die. <laughs> yeah, watch yeah. people die. Literally, literally watching people die. So. Like someone crossing train tracks as you see the train coming on the back. Yeah. And just smash it oh, back. that was the worst one. Someone dying by um, firing squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's it's a it's, it's really, really intense. A lot of people couldn't do it. Some kid, They said a kid threw up. Mm-hmm. And there's chairs if you want to like hang out. And watch that over and over and over again. Yeah, it's literally on a loop. Um, so in that last room, the first time I went, there was a video playing of like a ridiculously violent, like a, almost like a theatrical, like punk rock show. And the recording. I don't know what that is. I don't understand. I don't What? The recording was of, uh, Gigi Allen. And I'm sure it's still there. It's just not 
like you have to kind of look for it because uh-huh. if you're walking through the room it's on the right so you might like pass it um so Gigi allen was a punk rock musician who was infamous for his excessive behavior and his stage shows which involved indecent exposure on stage defecation and crop i knew i was going to say this wrong copro coprophagia which is the consumption of feces <laughs> no okay so obviously his his name isn't Gigi. what his, his birth name was jesus christ superstar <laughs> close jesus christ allen and he was born in august of 1956 he got the name Gigi because one of his younger brother one of his younger brothers couldn't say jesus christ or jesus perfect so he's like Gigi. so they Aww. call them they call them Gigi. um as far as upbringing and family life uh what i could mostly discern from everything i read was basically Gigi's father was incredibly abusive and obsessively religious his well, Gigi his an, name was Jesus Christ. Yep. So Gigi and his brother recount the dad wanting to kill the family, like vocal, like telling them he wanted to kill them in a, in a murder suicide. And when the dad was like in a fit of rage, he would just storm out of the house, go into the backyard and start digging graves. Like as a, like as a threat like i'm just you know what fuck it you're dying tonight i'm gonna fucking bury you guys in the backyard mm-hmm. no so just you know pretty cool guy <laughs> sounds great um his mom ended up divorcing the dad and changed <laughs> yeah and good, the mom good choice lady there's not very much about the mom because i'm just assuming she was a basic like housewife complacent no i no. wouldn't say basic bitch but i'm sure she was fucking terrified mm-hmm. um she ended up divorcing the dad and changed Gigi's name to Kevin Michael so he can have somewhat of a normal childhood. And I think this was right when he was like five. So it was like just when he okay, was getting so into school. Okay, so it's not like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he was bullied in school anyway, uh, elementary and middle school. In high school, he began cross-dressing and kind of like coming into his own. He uh, just completely stopped giving a fuck about what anybody thought. And was living his life however he wanted to. Like, he was doing whatever the fuck he wanted. Um, He began his life as a musician in 1975 at the age of 19. His music was poorly recorded, barely distributed, and highly offensive. But his cult following only grew as the years went on, during his career and after. In 19... (laughs) In 1980, Gigi... The face that just was made. You're going to just wait and you're going to make the same fucking face. Gigi married a girl named Sandra Farrow and they divorced in 86. So they were only married for for six years. That same year, 1986, Gigi welcomed a baby girl he had with a teenager (gasps) he was involved with from Texas, whom he impregnated because they had a baby. They never that married. That That's uh huh. You, you get impregnated, just, just a and then you have a baby. Tidbit. Oh wow, learning so uh, much. They never married, and she distanced himself. Uh, she didn't. She distanced herself and the kid from him altogether. So Probably they're not idea. like uh, in his life when all of this is going on. Um, by the late to mid eighties, he was addicted to heroin and alcohol mm-hmm. and abused any drug or drink that was given to him. Literally, there's a recording at a show and he's like fucking raging, going all over the place. And somebody in the audience hands him a pill and he just takes it out of his hand and takes it. He doesn't like, even know so what it he is. He doesn't know what the fuck it is. 
He just fucking takes it. Um, <sighs> Gigi's performances were regularly stopped after only a few songs because of how out of control they became. Like I stated previously, his shows were like a complete fucking circus. He would randomly punch anyone in front of him. <laughs> just Sorry. like it's not funny but you I, wouldn't know like he would be i'm like picturing it in my head on one side of the stage and then all and of just a sudden run anywhere and just punch the first fucking person he saw for no reason i feel like i've known people like him he would throw the mic stands <laughs> like in no discerning direction like he would he was insane uh, have you ever seen um the band the gallows they were on, mm-hmm. oh you didn't go to warp tour they mm-hmm. were on warp tour if you they're they're not like this but he would like take the microphone and like smack himself in the head and make him bleed and stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was just like i was watching i was like why is he doing that yeah i was just like well i know manson like you have another show tomorrow bro (laughs) like you can't you can't take a break (laughs) manson used to like drink on stage and break the bottles and like cut himself Uh uh-huh which i thought was like right what are you doing well and even like burt mccracken he would like well he would scream so bad that he would throw up on stage and stuff Mm -hmm. and that's why he had to stop screaming so much but but every show like they were doing this shit every show that must be fucking exhausting oh my god um he would hang from the raft like any like he was just out of fucking control like he was completely out of his mind uh one of his regular antics was shitting on stage throwing it into the audience no why would you go to that show i don't understand or rubbing it on himself and eating it like he would pick it up and just like but like rub it everywhere and then like in his mouth (gasps) and then he would like if there was a girl in the front no yeah he would go up to her and like make out with her and she would be so into it right yeah of course she went into it yeah like a girl human centipede Mm -hmm. sweetheart (laughs) sweetheart (sighs) you can get better (laughs) and he was almost always naked or wearing like little to no clothing i don't understand i'm exhausted just thinking of all that shit um so always with his provocative and notorious performances he promised for several years that he would commit suicide on stage during one of his halloween shows but he never did did you oh did you see the used guitarist is threatening to commit suicide at one of their shows because he got kicked out or they they dissembled due to artistic differences so somebody okay you were fucking kicked out because you weren't (laughs) even an og member all right you're nothing like quinn but (laughs) we don't like the used oh no i hate them (laughs) um yeah he's starting to hang himself at one of their shows like as an audience member well he's not in the band anymore no this guy like in the middle of right but he only because he can't imagine yeah he's threatening to do that at one of their shows that he's threatening to kill himself so then like what do you do just like not let him in but who knows anyways there's like photos of him do not let this man in probably and he was in another band too what's his name justin something i don't fucking know oh yeah no (laughs) oh shit i thought you were serious (laughs) (laughs) fuck you man i'll (laughs) i'll look it up uh so he never did he was so there is like this one show uh where he was like i'm gonna kill myself on october 31st 19 fucking whatever Halloween. But he ended up being uh in jail that day <laughs> and then you like, fucked it up 
And then like two or three years after that, he was in jail every Halloween, so he couldn't do it. Stop. That's yes. so weird. I know. That's like divine intervention. It wasn't or his time. It wasn't his time. <sighs> Gigi instead died off stage from an accidental heroin overdose on June 28th, 1993. And he would actually be 62 this year in 2018. One of his last interviews was on a show called The Jane Whitney Show, which I'd never heard of her or the show until I watched this video on YouTube. She's kind of hilarious. So she kind of reminded me of like early Jenny Jones. With like that, sh you know, the oh, fucking Jenny blonde, Jones, blown man. out hair. So good. Uh, so we, so he's yelling the entire time, and he threatens. Sayosin, he was in Sayosin. Oh. Justin Shikoski, oh Shikoski. Sayosin yeah. is so high school for me. Yeah, it's probably what middle school for you. No, you're not that much younger. Sayosin is like 2004 for me. 2003, 2004. High school, early high school for yeah. me. Um, <clears throat> so during this episode, Gigi's yelling the entire time. He threatens to fight everybody on, in the audience, but this is my favorite part. So after saying that he's God and he's the Messiah, she asks him, who told you you were the Messiah? And he says, <laughs> I said I was, and I am, because these kids, I get letters from all over the world. People, people worship me. They come to my shows. I, I'm going to rape the girl. I'm going to rape the guy. I, I might have, I want it all. I want it all. I'm going to have it all because I am everything. And he's yelling. You acted that really well. And then she replies with, all right, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then she goes she's to my like hero. an audience member yeah. to ask a question. It was amazing. She's my hero. So then she asks him, are you proud of what you do? And, and he says, I'm absolutely proud. And then she's like, why? And he says, because I am who I am. I'm not phony like everybody else out there. And he's like pointing to the audience. I'm real. And I, how many of you at 35 can say, I sleep with 16, 12, 13 year old girls and boys and animals. Hey, this is my life. I've got it all. Do you though? <laughs> Who says that? Him. He does. <sighs> that, okay. So that was on, uh, I think that was the 20, June 26th. That was his last interview. <laughs> so that's what <laughs> he's going to be remembered with. So on June 27th, he began drinking and doing coke way early in the day before the show he had that uh, that night. Once he got into the venue and people started showing up, he lost his shit. It was one of the crazy. It was one of his craziest shows. And I think he after literally lost his literally, shit. Literally, because he did shit. He only did one song and he had already shit. Uh, How does he have such like prominent bowel movements? Like just I'm, like I, I have on so command. Many <laughs> So the promoters shut him down and kicked everybody out. So these were paying customers. And after only one song, everybody got kicked out. And it looked like it was almost like in a little warehouse. So this was in New York. So when you get, even when you get released from a show that mm -hmm. fucking yeah. finishes, everybody's just in the street. Yeah. Right? So he fucking loses his shit. He's all, he's going all around the, um, where is he? In New York somewhere. I don't know where the fuck it was. He's going up and down, uh, throwing shit in the street, like throwing bottles. Everybody he's still shitting? Him. He's shitting in the street? He's shitting. Oh, you're, you're really doing <laughs> oh, it? He's really doing it. He's I shitting in the street. Bottles, but yeah. Oh. He probably did shit in the street. Who fucking knows? He was still <laughs> naked. Um, 
So when he's done, like his friends finally get him into a taxi and they go like to somebody's house and he's like, I want to fucking party. Like, I'm not done. Oh, oh, you're not partying right now, sir? Like he wanted to fucking like go hard. So they did. His friends were drinking. They got cocaine. They got heroin and they were doing heroin up until like the fucking wee hours of the morning. And one of his friends in an interview that I saw said that they heard him snoring. Like, so as far as they knew, like he was alive and then they, I guess, go to, they went to sleep and when they woke up, he was dead. So they found him on the morning of June 28th um, from an ex, obviously it was accidental heroin overdose. His funeral took place uh, a few days later on July 3rd in New Hampshire. His body was unpreserved uh unwashed no makeup per his request and he was wearing a leather jacket and a jock strap that's it <laughs> and he was said to literally smell like shit because he, he hadn't had shit on himself he hadn't been clean since a few days earlier and who knows if he even showered he right. probably didn't he probably didn't yeah. he probably has like multiple layers of shit Ugh. his funeral became somewhat of a party the friends attending there's videos of the funeral, by the way. If anybody wants to see it, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, his friends attending posed with his corpse. They put drugs and whiskey in his mouth. They seemed, they kind of seemed to be making like the best of a terrible situation, or they may have all been too fucked up to mm-hmm. like realize what was going on. Whatever. Uh, all of the above, probably. His brother, bef- like when the funeral ended or whatever, the brother put on um, the brother Walkman, his brother. The brother that called him Gigi? Yeah. Oh. Uh, he put like uh, headphones on and started playing like some tape that was only that song. So oh. I mean, it only went for as long as the Walkman lived, those batteries. But I thought that was cute. That is cute. Um, so that was Gigi Allen. Fuck. shit (laughs) it's it's crazy to not you have to watch these videos when you watch these videos so the like the ones that you said you'll link are they on youtube yes i'll embed them instead yeah yeah like it's insane it's crazy um I mean, how do you feel? That sounds disgusting. (laughs) This whole time. I like, you can't see my face, but I'm like, she is, she has complete disgust in her face. Uh I can see it like, Mm -hmm. like she's cringing so hard. It's it's like a cringe when you have to take like a mad shit and it just won't. And you almost don't believe what the person's telling you. The theme of this episode is shit. (laughs) I did have to poop earlier. It went away (laughs) because I got nervous. So to somewhat lighten the mood, I have one more fun story. Uh, it's fucking disgusting. And this, <laughs> it's so gross. And it's like the double standards though that exist just not only in rock and roll, but just fucking period. Men are trash, fucking fight me on it. So I found this article. Not all men. <laughs> all men are trash. <laughs> Eileen, <laughs> help me. You're not allowed to speak. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm gay. <laughs> Just kidding. No, uh, so I found this article on the Miami News, uh, Miami New Times, titled 10 Sweet and Sleazy Rockstar Sex Stories." None of them were sweet, <laughs> sweet by the way. So let me sleazy. just throw that Those fucking out there. Contradictory terms. And it was so short, I didn't have to like rewrite it. The Motley Crue guitar player made a bet. So, Nikki Six. 
uh, made a bet with. He was so hot when he was younger. With the other hot one, Tommy Lee. Fuck. About who can go the longest without showering, bathing, or any personal hygiene and still bone groupies without getting Ew. them sick, without them getting sick or leaving. Ew. Do you want to take any guess how long they went? Like 20 days. Okay. Two months. Yes. Two months after two. Okay. We'll talk about this later. After two <laughs> months of doing shows and banging girls. Every night. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I'm More assuming. than likely, yeah. Nikki was getting head from a groupie who got sick and puked all over his crotch. And to make it worse, she threw up undigested spaghetti noodles that got glued up in his pubes. Six immediately called Tommy Lee into the room and it became known as the spaghetti incident and later the name of a Guns N' Roses album. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's foul and like how dirty does your dick have to be for a girl to vomit on it because it's okay. so nasty so no just imagine a normal person not a not active person not showering for two months throw in drinking smoking drugs probably throwing up and shitting around from on all stage. the fucking drugs you're taking sweating wearing leather wearing leather no not only that imagine all the pussies his dick has been. Uh, how much vagina are you licking right now yep. just by sucking his dick yep nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah. two months <sighs> Okay, and so that's like, what if he had sex with at least one girl every night? That's 60 vaginas that mm -hmm. his dick has been in. No. And you're sucking it. That's 60 licking. vaginas that that girl's, yeah. Oh, and let's just. <laughs> I, can, I literally can't. <laughs> and, and how many of those girls did he do anal? Yes! <laughs> I was just going to say. Oh, you never go ass to mouth. Yep. <laughs> Oh my God, poor girl! I would have spit up spaghetti too, even uh, if I didn't have no, it. No, 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 no. Her fault. Okay, don't uh, do I'm that. I'm sorry. If I had the chance to bang Nikki Six and or Tommy Lee, yes, I'd do it. It's not her. But she didn't know that he hadn't showered in two months. I'm sure you could smell it. Maybe they just axed, <laughs> like the Z. <laughs> yeah. So you can't smell it. Maybe they just wet napped, and he's like, "Let me just." real quick true wouldn't that be against the rules though no i mean they don't give a fuck they probably didn't even wipe after they shit no um and i almost did um so gross uh james st james and <sighs> michael alec i oh, almost did fuck. i don't know why i didn't do that one and i don't know why so if anybody okay if you guys are living we can under do this again no i don't want to do them no it would have to be something done. else, yeah. They've been done. If you guys haven't watched, if you've been living under a rock and haven't watched Party Monster and fucking have no idea it. of any fucking New York club uh, kids, watch it. Do yourself a fucking favor and watch, watch it. it. But uh, today is May sixth. Yesterday was May fifth. Remember the fifth. Four years ago on May fifth, Michael Alec was released from prison. <gasps> Remember that? Damn, it's been that long. Yeah. Holy shit balls! I was so excited that day. That letter that James St. James... Okay, if you guys want to know, if you guys want to read something fucking hilarious, I'll link it in the show notes too. The letter that James St. James wrote Michael Alec to like catch him up on everything that was going on mm -hmm. and like release him back into the world is hilarious. 
Um, so that Michael was Allen my... hasn't been very. Mm-mm. He has an Instagram and I follow mm-hmm. him, but he's not like on it ever. He was on it for the first like two days and then he was done with it. And then he had that uh, documentary where it's like uh, like they're following him, oh, like him yeah. assimilating back into the world, and he watches Party Monster. Yeah. And there's this one part where uh, something happens, and Michael Alec in real life uh, reacts to that thing happening. And Macaulay Culkin's character reacts the exact same way <laughs> in the movie that was already made fucking 10 years ago. But it's it's so cute. And he's he's adorable. But yeah, so that was my damn Janine that for like story. just saying like, oh, I'm just going to do an intro. I, I didn't have I didn't have really good that stories. That was a 40 minute intro, homie. Cut it. <laughs> I'll so figure I'm it out. done. I'm gonna skip this episode. <laughs> yours is so good. Kyle, go ahead. Um, is it my turn then? Yeah, yours is really good, and it's very sad. Okay, can I just go? I yes. Just jump right in. There. Just jump. Just jump. Dive right in. Just, just dive right in, my dear. I was watching The Help yesterday, and I felt oh, like so good. Chastain. The Help. Yeah. <gasps> You've never it. seen The Help? Mm-mm. Oh my god, watch it. It's fucking it's hilarious. It's so good. So to start off, I know she was in rock and roll or sex or drugs. But she was well, a musician. Then, why? then well, the, scratch it. We're not doing this. She was a musician. All right. And it's not just about one musician, but two. So, um, but it's like they're related without being related. Anyways, so, um, and I remember this story because I was in Nicaragua at the time, and this is around the time I think that the um, that the Pulse nightclub ha- thing happened. Oh, mm-hmm. It was like within days of each other, if not on the same day. I don't know mm-hmm. exactly what day the Pulse happened, but I remember seeing this in Spanish on the TV, the little tiny box TV that we saw in the room in Nicaragua. And I was trying to catch up with no Wi-Fi, no internet in this fucking, yeah, whatever. That's the worst. Yeah. Anyways. So, um, June 10th, 2016, Christina Grimmy. Yes. Grimmy, Grimmy. (laughs) Apparently it's not Grimmy. So Grimmy, um, (laughs) we're not talking about shit anymore. It's not Grimmy. Okay. I'm sorry. RIP. Uh, Christina Grimmy was signing autographs after a show in Florida when 27 year old Kevin James Boybull approached her and opened fire, shooting her three times. Um, once in the head, twice in the chest. Loibull was then tackled by Christina's brother, who fought to gain control of the gunman. Um, Loibull was able to break free and proceeded to shoot himself in front of everyone there. Of course. Christina was taken to Orlando Regional Medical Center, where she would be pronounced dead at um, just before 11 p.m. Um, it said Kevin Loibull took a taxi from his home in St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg, Florida, armed with two handguns, a hunting knife, and two extra magazines of ammo. My God, it's like they're going to war every time. Mm -hmm. Loibel had showed an um, infatuation with Christina, undergoing several surgical procedures to appear more attractive to her. He also had like this major weight loss, apparently, to try to woo her, I guess, thinking that he was going to be able to do that. I don't know why or how, but... Sorry, I'm scratching my idiot. I know. Um... In the aftermath, many musicians expressed their sadness over the events that took place, including the band Pantera, citing similarities between this event and the one that took place in 2004 when a crazed fan shot and killed Daryl Abbott, who was a former, this is after Pantera had already broken up, but mm-hmm. they were, he was part of Pantera. So, um, going to that, December 8th, 2004 in Columbus, Ohio, Former United States Marine Nathan Gale, armed with a 9mm Beretta pistol, climbed the stage where Dimebag Daryl and his band Damage Plan were playing a show. Um, he shot Dimebag Daryl five times in the head, killing him. So, that's... Overkill much? It's fucking a little bit. shithead. 
how to make sure it was done. Um, <laughs> I need to figure out how to use shit in my story. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff Mayhem Thompson, head of security for the band, was shot and killed while attempting attempting to subdue Gail. Um, an and you almost never hear about that. You just hear about mm-hmm. Daryl. Yeah. Um, uh, also, an employee at the El Rosa Via venue, which is where the show was at, mm-hmm. um, was also killed while attempting to help. Jesus an Christ. audience member, Nathan Bray, tried to perform CPR on the victims. So on both um, Dimebag Daryl and Mayhem, he tried doing CPR to keep them alive. Um, as he was doing that, he was shot and killed. Fuck. Jeez. Yeah. Um, drum technician for the band, John Cat Brooks, tried to disarm Gail, but was shot three times oh and taken hostage God. in a headlock. Police response was pretty swift. Um, within three minutes of the 911 call, seven officers entered um, the, the building. Um, they moved in towards the stage while one officer, James Niggenmeyer, entered through the back door, armed with a 12-gauge Remington 870 shotgun. Gage never saw him coming, and as Gage raised his, head, his gun to Brooks' head, Officer Niggenmeyer fired one shot, hitting Gage in the face, killing Fuck. him instantly. Um, when his body was searched, it was reported he still had 35 rounds of ammo left. Jesus. After that, the band urged concert promoters to increase security. However, no changes were made. And um, in comments to the press, members of the band said that Christina Grimmie um, suffered because of it. So because they never, after this happened, they were saying, you know, <clears throat> gun, not so much gun control, but security control and all this thing at venues by concert promoters and to save money because it was expensive they never did anything about it okay i don't know if it's different in california Mm -hmm. but i have been thoroughly searched Mm -hmm. every show that i've gone to Mm -hmm. and 2004 is post Mm 9-11 so like i don't understand like a lot of security was heightened for you know Mm -hmm. for everything Mm -hmm. but like i have been I'm like, I'm talking thorough. <laughs> like They come up to like all the way up oh, my I legs. Know. I've, I used to go to like raves and shit. Like, and take it's off like, your shoes. Yeah, and take off your shoes. The women, they touch you. And then they like yeah. grab you under your boob mm-hmm. and pull your bra yeah. out. So like if anything's there, I can like, fall. Like, bitch, my boobs, I don't have to fucking readjust I them. <laughs> like lift, <laughs> lift them up and just... Um, that's pretty much my story, except Ugh. at the end, um, following the death of Christina, musicians began to cancel meet and greets with fans. Mm-hmm. Um, former contestants of The Voice were given escorts after their performances. Meet and greets were um, banned, essentially, by uh, many places, many venues refused to have meet and greets. Mm-hmm. Um, metal detectors and extra security officers were added to all venues Mm-hmm. I get, like all the major venues mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then each artist anytime they had something they're like all the venues basically un- unanimously decided I'm just gonna try to protect them because this shit's happening too much yeah and they have them at like bigger venues where the venue itself has like stricter guidelines as far as like security mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's not like the smaller little hole in the wall places mm-hmm. but damn that's scary it's super scary well you know what's weird um <clears throat> I'd gone to the observatory, I don't know, like a year or two ago for some fucking show. And they just did the normal, put your bag in the in the box, we'll do a pat down, they do the wand, and mm-hmm. then that's it. Mm-hmm. When I went for Bone Thugs, <laughs> it was fucking like TSA security. Mm-hmm. And my sister who goes there all the time, she's like, 
I don't know why they're doing this. What's going on? And I'm like, it's fucking bone thugs. Like, I'm sure they're just like heightening security to make sure everybody's yeah. safe. And they're not bringing in some stupid shit. But I'm like, excuse me, shit. <laughs> like they should have that everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Because it's so easy to just bring I, for anybody. Like, well, look at the Boston bombing. Right. It was just a fucking backpack by a lamppost and it fucking blew up half of everybody's legs. But I just, you just never know who's, who could be like obsessed with you for whatever reason or be upset at you for no reason or whatever. So why are you laughing? Because she's playing Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to really bad. (laughs) I can't stop. I gotta tend to my. I'm stuck on. Oh, I'm stuck on a level. Give me it. Not right now. Not right now. To me, I'm done. My part's done. Okay, I'll go now. (laughs) But you have to listen to me. I will. I can do two things at once. So, I I honestly don't know why I've been obsessed with this. Well, I do know why, but the reason is kind of stupid. (laughs) So, when we get reason, uh, when we get to it, I'll tell you. And you guys will probably figure it out once I like get there. It's it's pretty far down though. I know my reason. Yeah, I know my reason for what why I'm so like obsessed with this story that I'm doing. Um, So I am doing the punk rock Romeo and Juliet, (laughs) Sid Vicious and Nancy (laughs) Spungen. Love, (laughs) young love. Um, So I'll start with Mr. Vicious. So Sid Vicious was born John Simon Ritchie on May 10th, 1957 in London, England to John and Anne Ritchie. Shortly after his birth, he and his mother moved to Ibiza, where they expected to be joined by his father and be supported financially. After they were there a a while and, like, checks didn't come, no word from his father, she kind of realized, like, oh, shit, this isn't going to happen. Oh, I've been abandoned. Yeah. So, um, she realized that they weren't coming. So, she ended up meeting this guy. I don't know. I couldn't... They didn't say, like, whether it was any visa or what, mm-hmm. but she met another guy named Christopher Beverly in 1965, where and they set up a home in Kent, and um, John became John Beverly, so he took his last name mm-hmm. instead. Um, How old would he... Would, would he have been around this time? Ten-ish. Okay, so he's... So I can't yeah. math, yeah. so... Yeah, um, Twelve. Ten. Twelve. <laughs> okay. That's still... 12. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, don't judge me. Um, no, and I can't math either. You're so, but sadly, six months later, um, Christopher died from cancer. No. Yeah. So, um, his mother and himself, and I think throughout this, I might end up like calling him Richie until, anyways. I'll, <laughs> so he and his mother moved around to different, thanks mom, to different areas when eventually John Richie, Beverly, whatever, met John Lydon. Um, so mm. that's Johnny Rotten for those of you guys who don't know. Match me. Um, so they met in 1973. They were both students at Hackney Technical College. John Lydon nicknamed um, John Richie Beverly after Lydon's pet hamster, who was named Sid. So his pet hamster had bitten John Richie Beverly. <gasps> And he said, Sid is really vicious. And so from then on, he was known as Sid Vicious. Like, okay, I know this is not... That's such like a friend thing. Yes. I was just going to say that they probably didn't think anything of it. But to me, it's like, how cute you're naming your friend your like pet's name. Yeah. Sid Sid Vicious. Vicious. 
So Sid um, ended up staying, like after a while, he ended up staying at Leiden's place um, with two other guys who were oddly also named John. So they were, so they were known as the four Johns. That's not creepy. It's fucking oh. weird. Um, so, uh, Sid was in a variety of bands in his early musical career, which started in 1976. Eventually, Sid Vicious was asked to join the Sex Pistols in 1977 after the departure of their bassist. But he actually didn't, like, really know how to play bass. And a lot of, like, the recordings that you hear of, like, Anarchy in the USA and all, like, the it wasn't even him playing like it was somebody else and it doesn't yeah. matter he looked good yeah it doesn't he, that's the thing it was all about his attitude yeah. his look um the sex pistols manager like made that clear like he was and he i think he uh, when i was like reading it he was quoted to say like if he met sid vicious before he met johnny rotten sid vicious would have been the head guy yeah. of the sex pistols so it's crazy um, so his first performance with the Sex Pistols was on April 3rd, 1977, which is why I kind of was like, I turned my head when you yeah. said like one of the first times that it was really used was in 1977. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, Oh, well, look at that. And uh, it's like her, and I think that was kind of like the sweet time uh-huh. of a lot of that. Right. Like, rock and roll. Oh yeah. 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 So also in 1977 is when Sid Vicious met Nancy Spungen. Cue the oh damn the it. doves. Where's <laughs> my phone? You have it. I have it. <laughs> I'll edit it together. Yeah. They won't ever know this pause happened, except for I'm not because I'm totally leaving this in. No. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Ew. <laughs> the first pose was something from uh, Nicole and Jemmy. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, did she open up her Tumblr? <laughs> my Tumblr has changed. Clearly, you have not been following. No, because my Tumblr is all porn and I gave that up. So I don't have a Tumblr. Well, I think I have one, but I don't go on it. Okay. Say it again. Oh, uh, shit. I didn't know I was going to have to repeat. Also in 1977 is when Sid Vicious met Nancy Spungen. Yep. What? Yep. Ah! Awesome. Sounds great. Aww, I know what it is. It. It's the Instagram. Do, 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 do. My microphone is in my boobs right now. Okay, let's try it again. That's for you. <laughs> okay, am I doing it? What are we doing? Tell me when. Okay, okay. Okay, so on to her. Nancy Laura Spungen was born on February 27th, 1958 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She grew up in a middle-class Jewish family. Her father was a traveling salesman and her mother owned an organic food store. Wow, that's a really good pairing. I like that. Nancy scored super high. Like, I think it was, she scored like superior on an intelligence quotient test at age five. So she was like extremely smart and was allowed to skip the third grade. Wow. That was my hardest grade. (laughs) (laughs) You're an idiot. (laughs) So fucking stupid. I hate you. (laughs) I was good. I was trying so hard to be serious. She excelled academically, but had few friends during her elementary school years. 
Yeah, you can't have it all. I know. She was a difficult child who would like exhibit violent behavior to one person and be extremely caring to another specifically like she was very violent with her sister but like super caring to her little brother so Uh she was just like opposite ends of the spectrum depending you just never knew what she was going to be she also allegedly threatened to kill a babysitter with scissors and attempted to beat her psychologist okay why does she have a psychologist (laughs) thank god she had a psychologist (laughs) She was expelled from public school at age 11 for being absent from class for more than two weeks. Don't know where the fuck she was. She was enrolled in a boarding school, but in um, January 1972, she ran away and attempted suicide by slitting her wrists with scissors. At age 15, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay. There it is. There we go. Through all of this, she graduated high school and was accepted to the University of um, Colorado Boulder. So if anybody's listening to us and you're having a hard time, just know if Nancy can graduate high school, so can you. You can do it. She began attending university at age 19. Shit. I know. I had a (laughs) one-year-old. Yeah, one. (laughs) I thought you were going to say two. I'm like, no, you didn't. I know. I was like, no. Math. Math is hard. (laughs) Math is hard. You didn't skip this grade. (laughs) (laughs) It was third grade. I had to repeat it. But after five months, she was arrested for purchasing marijuana from an undercover police officer and later again for storing stolen property in her dorm room. So she was expelled. Her father accepted a plea bargain for her, which included her being banned from the state of Colorado. The entire state? The entire state. How old is she? 19. That's accomplishments right there. (laughs) It's like My dad got kicked out of Canada. <laughs> Are is you he, serious? Is he Frank from yeah. fucking <laughs> Shameless? Like he can't go back? Uh, I think it's over now, but yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is a beautiful story. Oh my god. Tell me more. Yeah. We'll talk about <laughs> later. that later. At age 17, Spongen left home and wait, that doesn't add up. What? Oh, at age 19. I just wrote it wrong. At age 19, Spongen left home and moved to New York City, where she worked as a stripper and a prostitute. She was the classic groupie who f- who would who would have fucked dirty Nikki Six. <laughs> um, she was she, the girl in the spaghetti. Yeah, she was she was spaghetti girl. Can you imagine? She probably was. I wouldn't. I would not doubt. I would be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, so she followed bands like Aerosmith, Bad Company, the New York Dolls, and the Ramones. The in 1976 she moved to london to try to win over jerry nolan of the dolls and the heartbreakers so she's like i'm just gonna move there and try and get him i can't even go like a county over <laughs> she's traveling internationally but instead she met the sex pistols when lead singer johnny rotten showed no interest she pursued bassist sid vicious and they soon moved in together <gasps> During their relationship, Spongin and Vicious, who were already abusing multiple drugs, became addicted to heroin and just even more drugs, like just everything. Nancy often was verbally abusive and violent in public. After the Sex Pistols broke up in January 1978, Spongin and Vicious moved to the Hotel Chelsea in New York City. They stayed in room 100, registered as Mr. and Mrs. John Simon Ritchie, which is, if you remember, is his, like, real name. That's adorable. Adorable. Yeah. 
So cute. Totes adorbs. <clears throat> Sid and Nancy continued to spiral deeper and deeper into drugs along with violence between each other. They were often seen with black eyes, bruises, and cigarette burns. Um, Vicious also practiced self-mutilation mutilation, where he would do shallow knife cuts to his torso, creating scars that in his mind enhanced his punk rock look when he was shirtless on stage. And that actually comes into play in a minute. It's like Manson. Yes. So on the morning of October 12th, 1978, cops were summoned to look into some trouble in room 100 at the Chelsea Hotel. When entering the hotel, they found the body of Nancy Spungen dressed in nothing but black underwear slumped sitting beneath the sink beside the toilet. Her body was smeared with blood that had leaked from a single stab wound to her stomach. Torso. Hmm. Hmm. Peculiar. There was more blood on the bed. Sid Vicious was found wandering the halls, still high on all the fucking drugs. Oh, my God. He muttered to a neighbor, I killed her. And then he said, she must have fallen on the knife. Nancy Spungen was 20 years old. She fell on the knife, but was sitting under in the, the sink. Okay. Girl. That ends up. It's like <laughs> self-defense when you shoot somebody in the back. Totally makes sense. <laughs> Sid Vicious was hauled in for questioning, but his answers continued to be contradictory like that. Like, I killed her. Oh, she fell. Oh, I mean, I, yeah. You're talking to somebody that's I know. highly intoxicated. He first said he had no idea what might have happened to Spongin. Then he said she woke up and found that he said that he had woke up and found that she had been stabbed but was breathing. He went out to score drugs, then returned and tried to wash the blood off her. He noticed blood on his folding knife, so he washed that too. Finally, he said, I stabbed her, but I didn't mean to kill her. I'm a dirty dog. You dirty dog. Get the fuck out of my head. It finally happened. (laughs) Damn it. I am in you. Jesus Christ. This episode, man. I knew it was going to be good. He was high? No. On life. (laughs) He was charged with murder and packed away to Rikers Island Detox Ward. Vicious made bail and but was rearrested for an unrelated assault. He was released a second time on February 1st, 1979, and went to the Bank Street apartment of his new girlfriend to celebrate. How? I know. I don't know. I I don't understand it. Nine hours after he was freed on February 2nd. No? What happened on February 2nd? It's somebody's birthday. I don't know. Fuck you. Stupid ass birthday. <laughs> February 2nd? It's Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. Oh. Obviously. Yeah. February 2nd, 1979, Sid Vicious died from a heroin overdose. Bill Murray. It's my fucking birthday. Oh, it's your birthday. <laughs> I knew it was something. So that's, For a second, I'm like, did she really not get it? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm like looking at. You're like, oh shit, oh shit. She was oh, a little shit. confused. Fuck. Goodbye, TCG. <laughs> oh, it's your birthday. Yeah, so that, that is why dirty I'm dog. obsessed with it. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, oh my God, he died on my birthday. And it's, t- um, so I was born on the 10th anniversary of his death. Oh, yeah, because in 1979, I was born in 1989. So. Um, Did you plan that or <laughs> ask my mom? I don't know. <laughs> um, so and the 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 smack 
and obviously I copy and pasted this mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was bought um, it was bought by his mother Ann Beverly stop yeah it. she had traveled to New York to support him as he awaited trial for the murder so he was like hey mom like mm-hmm. go get me drugs so she went and got drugs and the drugs you, ended you up killing him honey? yeah yeah can you get me some uh, smack some crisps <laughs> and some smack please <laughs> sure thing I got you so Sid Vicious was 21 years old. Jesus. I know. They're babies. Babies. Fucking babies. Babies. God. Who lived in infamous infamy. <sighs> like for in how just long? a few years. Like they lived a whole life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Over the years, authors and amateur sleuths have come up with other possible subse- suspects for the slaying of Nancy Spungen, including drug dealers um, and all of that. But police believed Why? that they had their man, and so they closed the case after Vicious overdosed. Yeah. Some wonder if her stabbing... Stabbing? Yep. I can't That's- get through one. <laughs> At least you're not saying sexual of assault. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I say that? Some wondered if her stabbing was a robbery or drug deal gone bad, or perhaps that Spongin, with her flair for the dramatic, stabbed herself and Vicious wasn't able able to help her because he had taken too many drugs. (laughs) Did she like because he did often cut his torso and he did say that she fell on the knife was he like cutting her torso too like superficially and she actually did fall on the knife it's all just like you know what though that's really strange because normally even fans will understand like the um tumultuous relationship and just be like well he did it yeah like that's really weird that they're looking for other suspects or other because well, even though you know? it was so tumultuous they were like people who knew them knew that they would never intentionally like truly hurt each other like that like he's fucking high on god knows well what. and that good thank you for the the segue you, yeah <laughs> in a 2009 documentary who killed nancy it suggests that Vicious couldn't have murdered her because he was out cold from his barbiturates. So that there's that. Um, it phenobarbital? It, I, I didn't see any oh, phenobarbital. I imagine. <sighs> that would be awesome. That's, and that is also the Sex Pistols former manager, Malcolm McLaren. He, that is also his view. He's adamant that Vicious would not have killed his girlfriend unless her death was actually a botched double suicide, which is another theory. That I believe right Mm, yeah um he said she was his first and only love of his life i am positive about sid's innocence um he notes how money was stolen from the room um while stupid clumsy fool vicious was passed out on the bed so like things were happening around him and he didn't even know so that is possible um, friends of the couple and old timers from the punk scene are disappointed that Spongeon's killer was never seriously pursued by police, that it just ended. Well, yeah. Um, it's uh, Her murder was never really investigated. They were hanging out with a lot of dangerous people because of their drug use. And if Vicious hadn't died and the case went to trial, he may have been acquitted and then they would have had to continue searching for the killer yeah like why would they try she was a sex worker they were both you know living that lifestyle Mm -hmm. who fucking cares it's too less people you know what i mean to this day it remains a true mystery 
Um, but they are just, I, so I first became obsessed with this. Have you guys ever seen the movie Sid and Nancy Mm -mm. with Gary Oldman and Chloe Webb? She's, she plays, um, the mom and shameless. No. Yeah. She plays Nancy. So fucking I love Gary Oldman though. Um, it's, I love that movie. So I watched that movie and at the end of the movie, like it, it says like Sid Vicious died on February 2nd, 1979. And like my heart dropped into my stomach and I was like, it was like, it was like it kismet. Was yeah. It was just, that was my like true crime story That's for life. So I think Desi Arnaz died on my birthday, mm-hmm. December 2nd. Yeah. This guy I used to work with my friend, hi Nick. I think he listens. Um, he was born on Lucille Ball's birthday, and I was born on Desi Arnaz's death day. We bonded over that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah, I if I highly highly recommend you guys watch that movie. It's it's like a cult classic, but they do such a good job. Like if you watch interviews of the real Sid and Nancy and then watch, and then watch the movie, that's my favorite thing to do. They did such a good job, I love and that. especially Chloe Webb. She. I mean, I hear her yelling Sid's name in my head to this day. Like, that's sad. Like, it's just so good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I was Nancy for Halloween one year. Um, I, I mean, I was stabbed Nancy for Halloween one year, but I wasn't, I didn't just go out in like black underwear. I had a Sex Pistols <laughs> shirt on. <laughs> sex Pistols shirt and a leather skirt. So, but I love it. It was, it was fun in my younger years. I think actually <gasps> I was the same age that she was when she died when I was her for Halloween. Stop. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I was. And kind of creepy. Kind of creepy. I never realized that. All right. Uh, I'm going to go cry in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it was all meant to be the circle of life. Yeah. Right. Where's your knife? And it's a Did TCG it? knife. <gasps> and it's, a, and it, it, it was a, it I was a, it, one of those? it was a flip knife. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, this was such a fun episode. I am like so excited that I just got to do like. (laughs) (sighs) It feels like when you like meet a celebrity. I'm just like, yes, I get to do it. It It was the best. Like this one, I was excited to do. Any like like you know how like Ted Bunny is like my favorite, and Mm -hmm. I'm nervous to do him. No, this one I was really excited to do. I dig it. I liked mine. I. I did not think I was going to go that much into Gigi Allen because it was just supposed to be like a quick little, it was really good. Right on. All right. Well, that was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. (laughs) We got to go. It actually does miss, make me miss like going out to shows and stuff. Not me. It makes me miss (sighs) my younger years. I know I did that. All night. Makes me miss my bed. It makes me miss the bottom of my sink. <laughs> TBH. All right. So um, if you want pictures and videos and fun things, go to our show notes uh, at truecrimegirls.com. Yeah, it's in our website. I posted that poll the other day, like, have you visited the show uh-huh. notes section of our website? And people were like, you have a website? 
Yeah, we have a website that we actually mention every episode. Every episode. But no big deal. It's fine. We understand that. We'll I think by this time, they probably just turn shut it, it off. off. Yeah. I know. And I think, Fuckers. who was it? I think it was like Sword and Scale who started to put it in the beginning. Yeah. Because <laughs> people were like just, just dropping off. off. All right, um, next episode, we're putting We're going to put it in the fucking middle. <laughs> <laughs> like a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be able to skip us, motherfuckers. So we do have a website, yes. truecrimegirls.com. We have show notes yes. for every episode. Yeah. So like the links that we used, um, if we have videos or any like side shit that we mention, mm-hmm. we'll throw it Anything. in there. Ooh, which I have to put the Michael Alec thing. I um, that. I did we actually do my show notes for this episode. Yeah. Well, you, you didn't have any time. last time. I didn't. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was that was genuine. <laughs> you didn't because you didn't do a story. Because I didn't do a story. I know, but it just <laughs> sounded so, so bitchy. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're a cunt. <laughs> no, I was completely being genuine. Like that was cool. Like you didn't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go now. <laughs> okay, we also have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, mostly on Instagram, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm mostly on there. Right, Eileen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eileen, for anybody Isn't that follows Eileen, she only posts, uh, rec- actually, which I really appreciate because we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Eileen will post rec- uh, only on the days that we're recording, so she'll post like whatever. So if you want to know when we're recording. Yeah. She'll always Eileen. post. And I usually put what episodes we're recording, so when mm-hmm. you hear this, you'll go back to my... Mm-hmm. Um, TCG Instagram mm-hmm. and you'll see re- recording episodes five and six. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just go follow us everywhere. I only have one shoe on. <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. You've only had one shoe on for a while. I know. Uh, they don't know that. Uh, now they do. Weird. Well, because my tattoo on my heel was itching, so I was scratching it and I just never put my... Look... On. Listen. Fucking follow us everywhere. Just don't, don't follow, follow us home. home. Because Eileen only has one fucking shoe on. <laughs> and she can't okay. run away. So. Thank you. Bye. All right. Fucking Goodbye. Shit. <laughs>